Uncle Ron here. I just wanted to hop on Instagram to remind everyone to make sure they get vaccinated. Not from COVID, from AIDS. AIDS sucks. I would know. I've had it since I was 11 years old. Oh yeah, my favorite podcast is the Sick and Wrong Podcast. Cause it's a very good podcast. Oh yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a funny, 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 funny show. Sick and Wrong Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary. I'm one of your hosts, E. Simon. And I'm the overcoat. Yeah. Good evening, and welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary. I'm one of your hosts, E. Simon. And I'm the other one, Kate Rambo. Mazel tov, Kate Rambo. Yes, I know. I'm a, a year, year-long staff member to, as of today, as of this episode. Officially. You've hosted one year's worth of uh, Sick and Wrong episodes. I have survived my first inaugural year on the Sick and Wrong show. You've made it one whole year, and you've officially earned a certificate of achievement. Thanks. One monogrammed rape whistle. Oh. A framed picture of Wackily and me wearing matching sweaters. I love it. And 10% off any item at adamandeve.com, <laughs> along with a gift so sensual I can't mention it on this family-friendly podcast. Oh, I like all of that. Do I get like employee of the week as well or anything like that? Don't push it. Do I not get like a gift certificate to like the Olive Garden? You've got enough here. You got the rape whistle. I like that. That's one year. Two years in, you might get the uh, the Olive Garden gift certificate. What about a taser? I would like to taser too. All right. All right. Knock it off. (laughs) Giving you more than I ever gave Wackley or Harrison. I don't know how Wackily did nine more years of this bullshit. <laughs> the most important gift, though, I've given you, even more than your, your uh, I don't know, gift certificate to some schlocky restaurant, is the admin power the on the admin. Facebook group. So now you can formally ban all the bitter incels who refuse to accept that there's a female co-host of Sick and Wrong, even after a year. There has been, I have booted uh, two grown men who are still very upset that I am on the show this week. If you are still mourning a podcast a year later and you are not listening to it, I have but little advice for you other than get a fucking life. I will boot you from the I don't the know group. if I'd be that harsh. I'd be like, just listen to another podcast. Well, yeah, get a fucking life. And like, you know, podcasts begin and end. You listen to some, you like stop listening to others. But at no point, it's like, you know, I listen to case files. At no point am I going to be like tweeting case files and his very soft Australian voice telling him to go fuck himself, ever. Yeah, but did he replace his last co-host with like a northern <laughs> slag? No, not yet. Well, see, there there you go. That's why you're not that upset. That's going to be my next gig, is replacing the anonymous host on Case Files. It'll be me. I just find it funny that even after an entire year, 365 days, I don't know what, 50-some-odd episodes, they still the men's. are bitter. They're bitter, and if you're going to be bitter in the public forum that is our secret sick and wrong Facebook group, guess what? I'm kicking you out, and I'm blocking you so you can never go back and look at the memes that Warwick Davis posts. That's it. It's the end. That's the most important gift I've bestowed bestowed upon Kate 
on this uh, this this occasion here. Um, you get admin power. Actually, you've had it for a while. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> I could be <laughs> fucked to go on Facebook and do any kind of moderation. But it is it does, I don't know, astonish me that there's still people that are bitter about it. Like, you make a post. You make a post about uh, whatever. Like, I think I made a post, a link to, like, our wedding service that's on the Patreon. Yes. And I was just like, to all those non-believers, here's the actual service. Just People can, you know, sign up and look at it. Just sign up for, like, one day. And look at it. Yeah. And some guy was just like, asshole, like, shitty co-host, and you're, she's trying to stunt on Patreon. It's like, dude, why do you care that much? We, exactly. I've just never... Because there's just a void in your heart that hasn't been filled. Exactly. It's sad bitters men's who are upset that they can't listen to two men talk th- to them ever again. That's all I... they wanted, Dee, is for two men to talk to them, and now I... they don't have it anymore. I just don't get how I can understand maybe you know the first few weeks. Yeah, this sucks. Change is tough, and then the first few months it's like, well, I gave it a go. Not that into it. I totally get that. We did have a lot of people that we did have a lot of people email the show. It's like, I love you, D. I just can't deal with new co-hosts. Fully understandable. Same yeah, thing exactly. happened when, when uh, Harrison replaced Wackily. A year later. <laughs> it's like, dude, why aren't you listening to something else? Like, why do you still have to cry about this in the podcast? Well, one of the guys who I kicked was like, oh, yeah, I listened to like five episodes and I just couldn't deal with it. I was like, all right, well, send me your podcast and I'll listen to 10 episodes and then I'll tell you what I think of you. Obviously, that guy's never made a fucking podcast in his life. He's just been a jerk. Well, how about this? Just don't listen to it and go listen to something else or go play a video game. Or go watch TV, or go masturbate to porn. The the most recent guy, though, I thought was really funny. I don't, I don't remember what post it was. But his most recent guy was like a proud anti-vaxxer <laughs> who had on his profile, <laughs> I refuse to be locked down, wear a mask, or get the jab. But you are more of a threat to his well-being than the pandemic. Do you know what it is? <laughs> it's these bitters men who just like can't handle like just women. They, they still want it to be like the Victorian era where women just aren't like we are today. Well, do you know what? I drink pints and I'll say the word cunt whenever I want to anyone. This the modern world boys get over it. I don't know. This guy refuses to accept you as a co-host. What I hope happens to this guy is I hope he ends up catching COVID, dying. Mm-hmm. And then having his body donated to a traveling road show where goth hipsters who will be wearing masks, unlike he did in life, can watch a TikTok influencer who's also wearing a mask dissect his corpulent cadaver live on stage in a cadaver class. Oh, wow. You know, if you're just an art student, you can go to, like, see them cut up corpses for free. Just letting everyone know that if you're an art student, they, we did it. I did it actually two years in a row. Have you ever been to do it? Why would I do that? Well, it's good for life drawing, isn't it? I don't give a shit. Like, I can't draw, number one. Number two, I don't really want to watch someone. Are you saying just watch a corpse or dissect a corpse? The guy dissects the corpse. He like, cuts in it open, opens it up. and It was like two of the best days in my uni career. I was at art school, if anyone doesn't know, for seven years. And <laughs> that really paid off, considering what you do now for a living. Well, what art school degree <laughs> does anyone jack shit? But... Um, we went twice to um, go and see them cut up a cadaver, and I. Oh, As part man. of a class. Yeah, it's part of. Um, it was like um, fine art both years because it helps you understand the like the anatomy of how someone's put together. And I would tell you what, I was front row, front row, just like gaping. 
hands my, in my gaping maw. <laughs> yeah, it was just <laughs> just like moisture just dripping down your fingers. I loved it. There was um, there sure was typically a boy who it was a boy as well because obviously there's boys in art school because it's where you know it's a school where. Boys and Did you get to keep coexist. the penis? <laughs> Did, you know do what, they cut enough, off like organs? Funnily enough, both times it was two fat guys. Um, I didn't see them cut up a woman. Did you ask for your money back? I would have liked to have seen a woman. Oh, I'll see someone up. fit. How come oh. Josh Hartnett's not up here? Josh Hart. I do like Josh Hartnett. This is an outrage. <laughs> I want him well, dead and on the slab. You've just completely like sidetracked my build up to what I was about to talk about. So. I'm sorry. It is my yeah. Long Thank show. you for digressing here. Yeah, that's that fine. was very worthwhile. It was. But anyway, um, <laughs> in America, you can't typically do that. Maybe you can. I don't know. I've never really thought about it. But this scenario where there's a traveling road show and goth hipsters wearing masks, watching a TikTok influencer cut up a show in a, a show on stage, like a, like an actual it's kind of a performance called Cadaver Class, actually happened. It didn't happen to a Twitch streaming incel who hates female-hosted podcasts. <laughs> it was actually a 98-year-old World War II veteran. Oh, that's cool. I'd like to have seen his insides. Well, the family's really upset about it. Why? Because they never got the family's consent for it. Which oh, is, shit. Well, the fact of the matter is, the guy wanted to donate his body to medical science. The family also was like, fine with that. What ended up happening is... He ended up being part of this type of performance, which is it medical science? Maybe. It I don't know. Skirts the line, doesn't it? Well, the body of this man here who had died of COVID-19 because he refused to take a jab. He uh, refused to wear a mask. He refused to stay home during lockdown. He refused to listen to a podcast that is co-hosted by a woman. Women have thoughts nowadays. You know, you know we're allowed to wear trousers. We can vote. Well, it's he, the was, modern world people. he was reportedly dissected in front of a paying audience at an event last month uh, without his family's knowledge. Uh, this guy's named David Saunders. He's 98. And he expected his corpse to be used for medical research after it was prepared by a funeral director and then handed off to a private company. However, the family recently learned that the body was dissected at a public for profit event in the conference room at a Marriott Hotel in uh, Portland, Oregon. What yeah, the fuck? October 17th. It's called Cadaver Class. It was organized by a group called Death Science, which is a TikTok group. It offers education about scientific fields and topics that relate to the deceased. So it's kind of like all those podcasts that are about like, you know, morticians and autopsies. Well, it is. So it is sciencey. They can say that it is a legit death science, science thing. sounds really sciencey. And the guy has a million followers on TikTok. So that makes him, I would say, an authority on death. He pro- yeah, he's probably a leading authority. I'm sure he has, you know, formal education in the field. Well, he must do. They Imagine post- if he didn't and he's just like chopping up these bodies willy-nilly style and just being like, this here's the liver. I don't think he does. I mean, he posts a range of quirky content about deaths and autopsy and crime scenes. This is like you doing a cadaver class. This probably would be me doing cadaver class. And it's part of a traveling oddities and curiosities expo. The freak show never went away, did it? Still going on. Yeah, they, you know, there's opportunities, depending on how much you want to pay, to get up close and personal. Take a look at the cadaver. Get up in the front row. Just go to an art class. Join an art class and you'll go for free in tickets, this country. Tickets were sold up to $500. Jesus Christ. 500 quid. People were paying to see this old man dissected on stage. I would have liked to have seen his hands because you know what? 
I bet he killed 50 Nazis with those hands. Maybe. Bet he know. did. He might have been a cook. He's a WWE veteran. Cook. No, I'm believing that he killed 50 Nazis with them. Uh, his uh, widow reportedly learned about how her late husband's body was used because there was a news report questioning the ethics of this event. And uh, the photojournalist saw that it was Sonder's name on a medical bracelet. And she saw this, and she was rather incensed. Um, because of this, uh, they, there's a bit of a controversy here, and they canceled the second cadaver class that was scheduled in Seattle Halloween night. Oh, that would have been so cool. <laughs> I'd have been gutted if I'd bought tickets to that, and then it got canceled. You'd be like, oh, what the fuck are we going to do? Let's goff now. Yeah, no, so you can't even catch a corpse. I'm surprised they didn't just like donate the corpse to like, a haunted house. Oh, that would have been even better. You know, that's what happened to Billy Cook, my favorite serial killer. Well, yeah, he was part of a sideshow. He was. We're going to do that with Manson, too. With Charles Manson. Oh, yeah, because there was that big fight over his body. Well, that woman who uh, claimed to be his wife. I have a whole um, travel plan about where I'll travel the world to find, like, iconic corpses. I've already been to see the little girl in Sicily. Why don't you go to Portland and go see uh, this veteran? This Nazi killer. Fuck yeah. Um, the funeral director here, Mike Clark in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, said he handled the preparation of Saunders' body, and he and the staff are horrified at what happened. They thought it was going to an organization that would be, use it for medical students. It was called Med Ed Labs, and the funeral home is no longer going to work with Med Ed Labs. And Med Ed Labs is an organization that's dedicated to surgical education. Yeah, Med Ed, not to be confused with Ed's Meds. <laughs> Med Ed. <laughs> and uh, they have whole body donation program that usually goes to donors to advance medical research and education. And so what happened is the founder of Death Science, the, uh, the, the TikTok influencer here, Jeremy Siliberto, um, had been dishonest in his dealings with Med Ed Labs. He claimed the body was going to be used for a medical class. He didn't yeah. specify what type of medical that it was a cadaver class. It was going to be during the month of Halloween and people are going to charge 500 bucks to gawk at a corpse that was cut apart. This is very Burke and Hare, old timey. We're just learning how to steal bodies from graves. I like it. It's like a throwback to those times. Um, Siliberto said the donor's family did give consent and Meded was aware of his plans for the cadavers that he purchased and that the event was entirely professional. He says, I can guarantee that this man knew his body would be used for medical research. On a side note, are you going to donate your organs after you die? Nah, probably not. I don't think anyone would want them. Oh, I'm donating whatever they can take As out of me. As if anyone would want your rotted liver. Anything they can the take out of me drank. and use, they can They can try. I'm, I'm donating all. Your perforated uterus. How many abortions have you had? <laughs> Too many <laughs> I now. I doubt anybody's <laughs> going to want either one of our organs. Hey, my uterus is obviously really good at getting pregnant. Somebody could use it. So 10 years or so, maybe maybe 12, I'm not sure. We actually interviewed the author, Mary Roach. Do you know who she is? She Did she write that book? Um, she's the author. Yeah, the author because she just said it. I was the author, Mary Roach. <laughs> and uh, she's billed as America's funniest science writer. But she did. At that time, she had just written a book called Stiff. That's it, Which yes. explores what happens when your body's donated to medical science. It's a really good book, and it kind of goes into all the different scenarios of what could possibly happen. You know what could possibly happen? They'll fuck you. It happens. Who fucked you? The the bloody um, the funeral directors. Anyone involved with the funeral industry, man. Deadbug did an expose about about the funeral industry, where they this guy that they exposed had hundreds of tapes 
loads of evidence of people fucking the bodies. It happens. If you're around a dead body, well, I mean, you might fuck Yeah, it. but that can happen even if you didn't donate your body to medical science. That could just happen if you're in a funeral home. Exactly. So, so be I'm prepared just saying, for what a happened, life. Uh, but what yeah. happens if you donate your body to medical science? You might be fucked. I mean, there is a possibility you could be fucked. It's, I mean, it, it it's up there. It's up there, Your corpse honestly. could get raped uh, by some ne'er-do-well. Or there's a... Uh, a lot of different scenarios that Mary Roach talks about and writes about in her book doesn't really have to do with the raping of corpses. But uh, the other scenarios that she talks about is um, you can donate your body to a university and they actually like have a, I think it was University of Michigan actually, have like a, like a, it's like a field outside where they just like watch the corpses rot. Oh, there's that famous body farm in Florida it's, that does that. Yeah, they do that. Yeah. Then, um, it, actually, that's what it was. That was in Virginia. But in Michigan, if I remember correctly, you could donate your bodies for um, uh, collision research. So they put oh, you, instead yeah. of using crash test dummies, that's cool. they, they put your car in, they put your body in there. There's a number number of other things where they like, you know, be autopsies and things like that. She doesn't write about any TikTok influencers who get to use your corpse on well a this was show. 12 years ago i mean when did vine go i don't even think vine was around 12 years ago and tiktok didn't vine. exist yet yeah. she's actually she was cool though she was actually really and i was surprised i was so shocked that she was willing to come on a show called sick and wrong because she had already been on like done ted talks the tonight show and all these other shows and then i, I just kind of like on a fluke just like hey you know she'd be cool i like the book and she was totally cool and she we even should said get her back. i should see if she'll come back on um, she even said that uh, she's like, wow, you know, usually the interviews I do are so stuffy and just kind of boring. And you guys are actually fun and you could swear. This is a good time. I and mean, this, this is like 12 years ago. Podcasts were kind of, you know, in their infancy then. Uh, she went on. She's written a lot of books since then. She wrote a book called Bonk, Science Behind Sex. That's a good one. Gulp, which uh, you might actually like. It's about the alimentary canal. Which is the long tube of organs, the esophagus, the esophagus, stomach, and intestines that run from the mouth to the anus. And she talks to all of these doctors, who that's their profession, um, about questions like, how much can you eat before your stomach bursts? You know, they call it the second brain, because it's this, um, your kind of, like, guts can kind of survive in a weird way, like, does things automatically. It's yeah, no, the second it, it almost brain. has a life of its own. Yes. Um. But why didn't the stomach digest itself? Oh, good. Kind of an interesting question. It is. I do know the answer, but let's get into that another time. Can Before constipation Patreon. kill you? Yes, Elvis. Is and exactly did that kill Elvis? So she runs into she answers a lot of these questions uh, with the help of uh, doctors. I'm going to buy you that area. as a little gift. It's a, well, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, but yeah, she. You know, I try to get interviews with guests that I find intriguing. Like Mary Roach is someone I do find intriguing. I was a fan of her book. Um, Ralph Starchy, found intriguing, demonologist. The guy who fucked dolphins. I wrote a book about it. That's that a classic. intrigues me. A classic. Chris Hansen, you know, who probably of also course. fucked dolphins. <laughs> intrigues me. <laughs> um, but then other times I like to find, you know, I'll find a guest who I just randomly read an article about that I find bizarrely fascinating. Like uh, firefighter Andrew Razowich. Raz. Raz. Yeah, he says cool he's name. a psychic medium who regularly encounters extraterrestrials, UFOs, dead people, angels, and other strange phenomena. He actually claims to have seen the ghost of Abraham Lincoln. Oh, I thought you were going to say the ghost of my dead dad then. Maybe he might have seen him. He sees dead people. He sees demons too, which is probably more accurately what my dad is. The guy's a strange one. 
And uh, and I was like, you know, I gotta check this. I I gotta see if he'll talk to me. And we did. And we had a very bizarre conversation. So let me play that right now. Hey, Raz, it's Steve Simon here calling from Sick and Wrong. Thanks for being on the show, man. Oh, thanks for having me, man. It's great to uh, finally connect with you. Yeah. So is it? So it's Saturday morning right now in Melbourne, right? Yes, yeah, Saturday morning. It's about 10 o'clock in the morning here. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I'm all the way in L.A. It's, it's definitely like a bit of a time change here. How long have you been living in Australia? Uh, I've been here three years about. Yeah. About three years? Three. It's so yeah. are you a firefighter there? Because I know you were a firefighter previously in New York City. No. Yep, yep. yep. So I currently, I'm working as an embalmer here in Australia, oh. in the funeral industry, a mortician. Oh, wow. Interesting. Career change. <laughs> yeah. yeah so of. I had come up. Yeah, you could say that. <laughs> kind of related. Yeah, I, I was a, yeah. yeah I, well, I was a first responder in uh, New York as a firefighter to what they call a, a last responder here. So yeah, similar stuff. Yeah. Um, so I read that uh, you're a psychic medium who regularly encounters extraterrestrials, UFOs, dead people, angels, uh, ghosts, things like that. Have you always been a clairvoyant or is there a particular experience that manifested these abilities? Well, I experienced something in 1999. I was in the U.S. Coast Guard. I had a UFO sighting. Um, and then I met Dr. Stephen Greer in 2011, who claimed he could proactively communicate with ETs. So I said, all right, maybe instead of just seeing him randomly, maybe I could proactively do this. So I flew to the desert in Cali, Borrego Springs, for a week, met Dr. Greer. He showed me through Close Encounter of the Fifth Kind, CE5, they call it, meditation. Uh, it's human initiated contact with extraterrestrials. You just basically meditate and objects started to appear. So I basically, I would say I was trained how to do that. Uh, at, and then is, was there a device that you're using or is there like a, no, like a drug, nothing. like ayahuasca or something that facilitates no, communication? No. no, nothing at all. When we went out to meet Greer, he was pretty strict with nothing, you know, no drinking, no caffeine, like nothing real straight just to get a real clear signal and you basically do what's called coherent sequencing cts so you just meditate and with your mind you project out when you're meditating into the cosmos project out and show where you are and then in response you'll see where an extraterrestrial is and then the validation of that for me is seeing a ufo appear like yeah we see you bang here's a ufo so how far out are you projecting? Like, are you actually seeing the aliens in their alien forms? Yeah, so for example, I will in my mind, without even saying anything in my mind, I'll say, okay, I'm in Melbourne, Australia. I'll show them my yard, all telepathically in my mind. And then I will project that out. So I'll send an image of that out. And then in response, for example, I'll see a blue-skinned Octarian. This is just an example here. Right, I'll see a blue skin being and I'll describe it. I'll say, okay, wow, I'm seeing a blue skin being. Maybe it has like goldish hair and they're telling me they're from Octarius. And I'll say, well, to prove that, I want a UFO to appear, 
but I want something odd, unique, different, maybe a bowl of light on the ground, blue colored, something like different. In your backyard in Melbourne. Sure. Or I've done it all over the world. But yeah, oh, right okay. now I do that here and where I live. But I've done it Cali, New York, everywhere since 2011. Interesting. And so these Octaria, where's Octaria? Is that a planet? Yeah, I mean, I'm just using that as an example. Oh, okay. Many it's a hy- hypothetical. I'm, I'm just giving you a Zeta Reticuli or you could say anything. Or sometimes most of the ETs are things that I communicated with when I would ask, where are you from? they would say we're from right here meaning like they live in the earth or they walk amongst us well i've heard i so mean i've heard coming. that they, yeah, they but uh, they're but only certain people can actually see them like the reptilians you know have lived in subterranean like dwellings and things like that or live amongst us and we don't even really realize that most people Right. So, for example, I've never been to their planet, nothing like that. So when I'm communicating with them, I'll say, show me you, like appear. Or if you can't appear, show me a light or an object. Now, the reason, right, exactly, a validation, a sign. The reason they can't appear, like I'd love for them to, in flesh and blood, appear and show everyone. My understanding is they can't fully appear because the form that they're in, so say they're in an energetic form, like a ball of light, when they try to change from their form, from like a ball of light into say something solid, they can't, they can't fully manifest into the form of like what we look like, because my understanding is like the toxins or the pollutants in the atmosphere here, if they were to fully transform or take the form of what would look like a human, their body, body, what they're made of, their composition, they would basically die. Like It's like saying, if we wanted to go to Mars, we wouldn't be able to just go to Mars and walk around, right? You need a suit. The apparatus. Exactly, so they, they, they're showing signs and they're taking different forms when they're showing themselves. That's why when you take a picture, when you take pictures of these UFOs or these ETs, they're fuzzy and muffled, and people go, "Oh, that's bullshit." They're all fuzzy. That's because because they can't the assume form they're in. Form. Exactly. Well, why don't they, they just stay it. in alien form, right? Why do they want to look like a human, <laughs> like an anthropomorphized? Uh, form? You know, like look at ET. Uh, yeah, he looks I, like a you know. Yeah, well, I'd like love to see one. Right, right. I'd love <laughs> to see one like that. I've never seen. I've never seen something like that. Mostly, it's just energetic. It's a lot of. Uh, you know, telepathic type communication that's going on, but I've never, I haven't seen an ET like that appear in flesh and blood. I mean, or like I've never something seen that looked like Alf or something like that. <laughs> no, 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 it's not <laughs> like that. Yeah, it, it, it's yeah, unfortunately, it's just for me, it's not like that. Um, it's more like these and then like, spirits. Oh, okay, like these spirits. So you, but you've seen spirits in the spirit realm as sure. well, and like angels. Oh, yeah. Do they also appear as like yeah, a, absolutely. A, a being of light? Or do they have more of a human see, anthropomorphized I, form? So I will, once again, in my mind, right, I'll, I'll connect telepathically, right? So in my mind, I will send a projection out stating, just say I'm meditating, right? I'm meditating right now. And um, you're with me, right? Mm-hmm. You're with me. We're hanging in my yard. And I wanted to... For example, connect with your relatives that are deceased. If you gave me permission, it's cool. So I will just go into quick meditation, and I'm face-to-face with you in person. And then I will start to see. They'll show me images above you. I will also see 
lights, like some sparkles. People say like an aura or things like that. Like I'll see different colors and different sparkles around people. And then sometimes a shape of something will form. It's not the exact human being because they're dead, obviously. But yeah. I will see images like played out in black and white above someone, like a movie reel being played can out. Can you see a face? So you I can see faces. Yeah, I'll see I'll see some faces most of the time. Like if just say for example, your grandmother was coming through. Just an example, they'll show me my grandmother. So I'll say, oh, your grandmother's here. Then I'll keep going and say. Okay, they're saying that this woman was a seamstress and she passed, you know, in July. That's just an example I'm giving you. But they'll give me that as a clue, like, hey, it's grandma. It's his grandmother coming through. Or I'll see letters coming through. All different, I'll see different signs and symbols. So you can see them. Can you communicate or interact with any of these beings? Yes, I would love to. The thing I can't do, I cannot say, hey, who killed you? Oh, <laughs you I can't could, find. Yeah, I could do anything with this. I'd love to be, <laughs> you know, the psychic detective and say, "Well, who killed you? Let's solve the crime, right?" Like, I can't do that. I, I don't have that ability. I honestly don't know any medium that can. I think it's a load of shit when people say it can. Um, my understanding is, from my experiences, I will be around somebody, and then they will just show me images. I'll hear noises. So, for example, I'll hear a like a hum, like a V. I'll hear a V. V. It sounds like someone at the bottom of a pool is trying to talk from the bottom of the pool. So it's a li- like a little gurgly, like a V, V, V. So I'll say, hey, did you just lose somebody? The name began with a V, a Vicky or a Victoria. I'm hearing a V, a V. Is that considered to be a cold read? Um, if yeah, if that's what you want to call it, yeah. Okay, and where? But but I mean, at the same um, time, these we, people associate. You know what you're hearing or the signs you're seeing with someone who is recently deceased they'll show me either it's the soul coming through saying basically they're showing me how they died Mm -hmm. and then they'll talk about their life when they were alive and then their life after what they see here they see what you're currently go through so the image and the face of the actual person that died that i don't see their actual face i can't see their actual face i'll see like i said they'll show me my grandmother or they'll show me similar type photos of people i would know because i wouldn't know who i'm looking for you know what i mean like so, I, I don't know who that person is did you develop these skills after taking the course with dr greer or did you could you do I, this as a child so growing up as a child i would basically just watch unsolved mysteries like any other kid <laughs> with my grandmother honestly and i i'm actually wearing the shirt right now unsolved. Oh, yeah yeah great show <laughs> great show Love it, classic. And what what happened, oh, amazing. I'm watching it with Graham, 1995. My grandmother's next to me. I said, Graham, when you die, can you promise me you'll come back and just show me like a a real strong sign? She goes, you got it, no problem. Fast forward. So in between then, nothing going on. I'm not, you know, I'm not seeing spirits and and communicating and doing nothing like that. I'm having, maybe I'm seeing some things here and there, but I'm not a medium, nothing like that. I wasn't developing this. So... My grandmother dies in 2010, and right after she died, my mother and I were in a restaurant, and a medium came up to us, mm-hmm. and he said, someone just died in your family. They had cancer on their face, and it spread. I go, okay, and he goes, which one of you, you or your mother, which one was born on Easter Sunday? Now, that's very specific. Yeah, that is specific. And my mom, would they know that? My mom was. My mom was born on Easter Sunday in the 50s. Wow. So- he nailed it. And I go, who the heck are you? 
some guy with long hair and earrings. He goes, oh, I'm Bob Hansen. I'm the medium. I said, okay. He nailed everything else. You know, he really nailed it. He goes, you have a relative that died and her name was M or Emma and she was buried in a christening dress. And now I go, I go, no, nah, I don't, I don't know that. And this happens a lot when I read people. They're like, nah, doesn't make sense. And I tell them, when you go home, call a relative and just ask, find out, because there's something to this. So I go home after the reading, right? After meeting this guy, my mom brings me in the living room. We're in the living room and I point on the wall. I go, mom, who is that? There's a painting of a girl in a christening dress in my mom's living room. She goes, oh my God, Andrew, that's Aunt Emma. She Why goes, but she died. Yeah. So my mom goes, but Andrew, she died and was buried in that christening dress, but it was over a hundred years ago. I go, mom, I thought that was you. She goes, no, no, no. I looked like her. So when I was a kid, they gave me the painting to keep, to pass down to the family, you know, to keep it in the family. She goes, but that's not me. That's Aunt Emma. I never even met her, Andrew. I go, how the hell did that guy know that? I didn't even know that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's, that is right? random. That's interesting. And so were you just like, I want to look into this. I want to look into being a medium. So, so I go meet Dr. Stephen Greer after this, right? So two separate things. I meet Greer, learn the ET thing, come back, and then I track this guy down, Bob Hansen. This is like a year later, two years later. Get another reading from him, but I don't tell him anything. And I have the recording saved from the reading. I have the 90 minute recording saved. At the end of it, he goes, you have this gift. And I go, what? I go, dude, I'm a New York City firefighter. You know, <laughs> at the time I was on the job for like, I don't know, six, seven years, whatever it was. I go, I'm a fireman, man. I'm not a medium. That's, that's crazy. What are you kidding me? He goes, no, no, no. You're getting the messages. He goes, I can help you interpret them if you'd like. All right, show me. So I win every Saturday in like 20... 11 right around there and i would sit with random people that i never met just like this face to face mm -hmm. and i would say to them what i'm seeing and people would say to me yeah you're you know you're accurate you know you're what i'm describing what i'm seeing i would literally sit with them and meditate for like two minutes and then just say okay i'm seeing you know a car driving down the block in reverse crashes into a pole someone's ejected but they live but they lost their left hand you know, for example, and someone would say, oh, my God, that's my Uncle Terry. And then we would just keep going. But I was still doing my normal thing in the firehouse and still working. Yeah, yeah still your regular job. But you, it sounds like you were learning uh, how to become a Yeah, I'm just training, just training. Yeah. yeah. So I wasn't asking anyone for money, nothing like that. Just I'm like, I knew what it did for me when this guy read me. And all I wanted to do was give this to someone else for nothing. I didn't care about getting paid, nothing. I was just like, it's a beautiful experience doing this. I mean, to help someone heal, you know? Do you need to be face-to-face so -face in order to do a reading like this? Or can you do something like this, like, online? Uh, preferably face-to-face, -face yeah. just for, for – just I do it – no problem. I do it like this on Zoom. I do it privately. I don't like doing it on the spot because yeah, yeah. the only reason I don't like doing it on the spot is out of respect to the person. I don't want to bring up anything that might be sensitive especially if you're like a host to someone that they don't want the world knowing <laughs> you know let's do that on the side like i've read somebody live and after the reading i said i said you don't want me to read you live though he's like why i said i go are you ready to just share with the world that last month you took your fiance for an abortion and he goes oh shit <laughs> right so yeah like, well that's something you want to go to that. <laughs> you know. yeah so 
I, I, I lay that out. People, I'm like, you're really okay with anyone knowing live in the world? I said, let's do this privately the right way. You could record it. I don't care. But people, you know, I don't want anyone to be skeptical. Like, oh, you Googled me or you did this, that. I said, dude, I'm not in this. I'm not making money out of this. I'm just trying to help you. I care less about that shit. I just hey, want to help I, you. I wouldn't so, mind if you did a reading of me. I don't really have anything to hide. Like, would you be able yeah. to communicate with like any deceased relatives? Yeah, like I said, I sit with somebody, I read them. It's like, a, 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 like I said, a ninety minute. It's going to be ninety minutes. I'm not going to read it for five minutes. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Right way, but yeah, of course. Of hey, course. We, I might have to take yeah. you up on that sometime. That'd be interesting. We, you know, we've had a couple mediums on the show before. We had a guy who. Uh, he used to be a frequent guest. He died of alcohol poisoning, and she actually contacted him. I mean, it was it was definitely, wow. you know, I wasn't fully convinced, but my co-host was like, I mean, she did say a couple things that I was really surprised because yeah. I never said his name. She, There's no way she would have been able to Google this guy. Yeah. A couple things were, were surprisingly the, accurate. I, I read somebody, this is a couple years ago, they interviewed me because I did, I did some... I did an interview once, and while the guy was interviewing me, I started changing color. Like, I started turning blue. Not literally. Something was going on. Uh, like, I electronically, something was going oh, down. Okay, right. So okay. We, you were on, like, a screen. We did the interview. You were doing Zoom or something. Yeah, we were doing a Zoom like this, and he goes, dude, you're blue. But it was ridiculous blue. Like, <laughs> it didn't make sense. We were like, what the fuck? So I'm going in and out, changing, right? So after a lady contacted me and did a regression on me. She goes, I want to regress you. That's really weird. She goes, after she goes, I regressed you, Andrew. She goes, you were changing color during the regression. That's impossible. So she goes, find a geneticist or an immunologist. I think your DNA is something going on with your DNA. So I tracked down Dr. Gary Nolan from Stanford University. He's a world-leading immunologist, geneticist. The guy is unbelievable. He said to me, he goes, Andrew, I think that in your brain, there's another brain we call it the antenna. He said, your antenna is being basically turned on massively. So you're having a lot of contact with spirits and you could send and receive them at will. I said, wow. yes. Now this is coming from a, a professional, a doctor. It's not some you know, person on YouTube. This is a guy, guy who works in the Department of Defense doing cancer research. You know, the guy's no idiot. So he started studying me because he was blown away he's like i can't believe this well, one of the times he was interviewed one time he was interviewing me you were, uh, literally orbs started coming to my window while like while we were talking at night i go i go hold on look and i started taking pictures i go look there's orbs ufos coming to my bedroom window now <laughs> well i while the guy was interviewing me well i mean he must have been blown away by that but i heard that you have a mothership that follows you around like, is that like a constant thing? Like everywhere you go, there's so, a ship? Um, when I lived in Coney Island, I was seeing this massive object. And I was seeing different types of beings, meaning the beings that I was seeing from a distance or even up close, energetic, vibrating, right? Like fast. Mm -hmm. I describe it like pulsating, moving really fast. So there were different colored ones, different types of ones. And they were describing to me that one, they lived right there. I said, where are you from? They said, we live right here. We live under the water in Coney Island. We are in the, like in the earth, basically. And that there were multiple types of beings. And they said they would come up and down out of the ocean. They would change shape as well. So from afar one night, I saw a massive object. 
And I, I remember I stopped and I locked into it. I meditated and literally one second it's there. And the next second, the object was a few feet from me, and, but it was small. It was like the, si like the size of like a, I don't know, a football. And it was vibrating and pulsating right there. I took some photos of it. Took some photos of this so thing. You, so you have photographic was, evidence of all of these sightings, oh all these uh, encounters. I mean, I'm, I am way beyond all the, you know, I have thousands of photos, videos. They've been analyzed by, by people that were defense contractors. You, you name it, everything. Yeah, I got all that shit. Do you have any like biological evidence, like a fingernail or pubic hair from one of the aliens? No, I don't have any of that. Nothing like I like said, that. most of the time when they come, it's like a energetic type experience not like a physical show where they're leaving a trace whatever i i have nothing i don't have any artifact no nothing like yeah, that like an artifact or something what about your family or significant others have they experienced any of these out-of-body or paranormal experiences sure it goes down all the way from my mom to my brother i've experienced this with my brother over the years we've done this together my wife and my wife has two children from her previous marriage, 14 and 13. Both of the kids and my wife were experiencers of this stuff before we met. I've only oh. been married for two years. My wife is a child therapist, so mostly young kids up to 18. And she specializes in kids that are known as indigo kids or star kids. What, what does so that kids mean? That are, uh, kids that are having experiences with ETs or things that aren't easy to explain. They call them indigo children. You might have heard that term. Yeah. If you Sounds Google familiar. indigo kids, you'll yeah. see like kids that are like five, six years old come to my wife and they're describing ET civilizations from other planets that speak different languages and have different, you know, language systems. They're explaining this to my wife. I, I've never even heard of it. You know, I don't even know that stuff. So wow. kids... There's no way they can know this, you know, at six, seven years old. It's great. That's yeah. I mean, so, yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's like they're speaking in tongues or something. So they go to the, you know, if they go to the teacher or regular therapist, they send them to a psych ward because they say you're mentally ill. Whereas my wife understands this stuff because she's experiencing. And she goes, no, it's very real. Let's just, why don't we, instead of just judging and saying they're crazy, why don't we just listen to these kids? Right. And hear what they're saying. Yeah. Maybe learn exactly. from these just experiences. Uh, maybe they like could it. teach us something. So, and, and the lady that I was just going to say quickly, the lady that did the regression on me, Mary Rodwell, her specialty is indigo kids listening to them. And she's written books about these children and the messages they have for us. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to research that. That's interesting. Indigo kids. I wonder how, is it, is it, it seems like it's something that's rare, but I mean, is it relatively frequent? I mean, does your wife um, encounter this it, on a regular basis? It, it it's really shied upon, you know what I mean? Most kids don't even get the chance to come to speak to someone like my wife because the parents will say, oh, don't talk about that. And they don't want to hear about it. Shut so it the dynamic, fortunately, a lot of schools, as soon as you say that, like schools, most schools probably across the world, they just send you to a psychiatrist to put you on drugs and say, hey, you know, something's off medically, you have, you know, whatever disease and, and they try to treat you. Whereas my wife says, well, why don't we just do talk therapy? Exp listen to them, write down what they say, and see how it changes. Now, most of these kids, though, they have a positive message. They're not saying like, "Oh, these things are here to kill us." Like it's nothing like that, <laughs> you know. So, like, just yeah. listen. Like, what's the big deal? <laughs> has she ever? Has your wife ever actually met any of these aliens that they've encountered? Like, do, do they ever introduce them? Like, you know, here's my alien friends. 
she's had some interactions, like I said previously, to when we met. But the day we met, this is wild. I fly to Australia to, uh, for a month. I met Mary Rodwell, came, came to see her. And she goes, why are you here? I said, I don't know. I just felt the need to come to Australia. Had a couple of weeks off from work. I'm going to go travel. She said, Andrew, you have children on the craft, on the UFOs. She goes, they're going to start revealing themselves to you. She goes, and you're going to meet the mother of your, what they call hybrid children. So part alien, part human. Now, I was skeptical. I go, I don't know about that, Mary, but I'm open. Right? We'll see. But yeah, that's not? a little... I'm a little iffy about the whole hybrid thing, just personally. I don't know. Anyway, a couple hours later, I drive down the coast, and I meet this girl, and we're talking, and we have one mutual friend. A one mutual friend is this lady, Mary Rodwell. Go figure. We're talking. Yeah, we're outside at night. UFO appears. So in my mind right now, I'm getting a download a message, right? And the messages the, the beings on the craft that <laughs> the beings <laughs> are telling me, this is the one. So I'm like, I can't tell this. This is insane. Right? I just met her. Like, no. So I said, all right, I'm gonna go in the house. We were right near this house. I go, I'm gonna go in the house, walk to the opposite side of the house. And if this is real, if these beings are here, I want a validation in the form of I want the UFO to bilocate. So stay where you are and come to the other side of the house. When I walk through the house and I look out the window, I want you to show up. So I walk through, I open the window, there's nothing there, and then bang. I still don't say anything to this girl. I come back out, I sit down, and she goes, are you getting any download or anything from the crafts? I said, yeah, you tell me first. What are, you, what are, you, what are they telling you? And she goes, they're saying that we have children on the craft, hybrid kids. So I was like, Whoa. Wow, so she saw this craft too. She, you saw the saw craft, it? she saw it, and, and it was there, and there's the, the kids, her kids are from the craft? They were, I didn't say anything to her about this. She said to me, I didn't tell her what happened previously in the day. She said that, she goes, I'm getting a connection. They're telling me that we're meant to be together, and we have children that are on this craft, hybrid kids. So basically someone had mixed our dna together or whatever and then or sperm and eggs or whatever and there's children that are part human part hybrid on the craft so i'm still skeptical though right still doubting it yeah, you know that's that. all right that sounds great but maybe she's just saying this right maybe i want to believe this all i could tell you is fast forward three years now we are married we have a two-year-old daughter here on this earth a human fully human <laughs> Uh, and I relocated to Australia, we're married, and we have three kids total, you know, two from her previous. And as a family, oh, quick we question. All, we'll go out. Is she yeah. an alien? And are her two kids from the previous no. marriage aliens? They're not alien no, hybrids. No, no, no. no. Oh, fully, okay. fully human. There's no alien stuff like that. Nothing funky like that. This is, we're humans. We've had interactions with these beings. Uh, over the years before I met her, she told me that she woke up and she had seen some blue beings around her bed and her children had told me that they've had interactions with these beings. They've woken up in the middle of the night thing. and there's been balls of light in the room. There's been, you know, manifesting ETs. These are all things they had happened before I even knew them. Wow. Yeah. That's, it's quite a connection there. So another fascinating thing I read about you is that you once saw Abraham Lincoln Dead president, Abraham Lincoln. How did that happen? 
Uh, yeah. Uh, once again, if they had, the, the newspaper had interviewed me and spoken to me, I would have explained, right? Like, it's very simple. I, I am related to a couple of presidents. I'm related to John Tyler, who was mm. the 10th president of the U.S. on my mom's side of the family. Legitimate. It is what it is. So when I have, you know, ET contact or I'm in a meditative state, a lot of times I will see faces of presidents. So all I said was I saw the face of him. I didn't meet him. The, the, oh, okay. So you weren't like uh, interacting no, no. with him or anything. You just saw <laughs> no, 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 a no, no, visage no, no, no. of uh, of Abraham Lincoln. I took a picture out my window and I said, wow, that's cool. There's an American flag. And to me, I said, wow, it looks like the face of Abraham Lincoln. But the newspaper said, I know Abe Lincoln. No. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm related. I am. I am related to John Tyler, but that's the newspaper. Of course, they want to just write, you know. Whatever. And they twist your words to make it seem more, uh, more sensational. So, so you've never. Have you ever seen any other celebrities like rock stars, like Jim Morrison or anyone like that? Freddie Mercury. Um, deceased. Oh God. No one's had any. I, no, nothing I can remember off my offhand. I could tell you in life, in person though, I did this with. So made this. ET contact. I did this with Thomas Jane from the Punisher. Oh, wow. Thomas Jane, the Punisher. Yeah. So, oh yeah. So I don't know if you know him or anyone listening to this. I've never him, met him personally, track. but I, I know of his work. Yeah. If anyone knows him somehow and you would say to him, the firefighter from New York, I met him in 2011 with Dr. Greer out in the desert. All of a sudden, one day, Dr. Greer said, Oh, Thomas Jane's going to join us. And me and him spoke a bunch about our contact experiences. He's an, he's what you call an experiencer. He's communicated with these things too. Oh yeah. So is he communicated with the extraterrestrials or the, or people in this beings in the spiritual realm? Um, My understanding when I met him, he said that he was communicating with ETs, like a craft had landed and projected out all of these ancient hieroglyphic images and gave him this incredible download experience. You know, I don't want to put words in his mouth, but that's what I got out of it. And I had something similar happen. So we had a group of 30. And out of the group of 30, he would only talk to me and my partner at the time. He wasn't too talkative, but we talked for hours about all this stuff. He was a real cool guy. You know, I might have to check this out. Does Dr. Greer still have this seminar? Is this something he currently does? Oh, yeah. He does them, he does them worldwide. Um, he'll do like I a live in long LA, expedition. So if he's still oh, in yeah. the desert, yeah. I might have to check this out. Yeah, Borrego Springs, and then he does Joshua Tree a lot. So oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and then uh, the mountains there, the mountains in Northern Cali there. What's that called? The Where goes that big um, Tahoe, like over there? Yeah, he does one in Northern Cali though. That big oh crap. Yeah, it's I'll, a big I'll mountain. I'll look area. it up, but I'm right Shasta. by Joshua Tree. Mount Shasta. Oh, Mount Shasta. Mount Shasta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, amazing. So yeah, like everything I've done along the way. I've always tried to find people that had a lot of experience doing this because if you're doing this on your own, it's a disaster. You know, you need, you need some guidance with this. Otherwise you think you're talking to fairies and yeah, you know, or whatever you, you think. Full on mental breakdown. And anyone you talk to is going to think you're a complete nutter. No one's going to believe you. I, I made the mistake of right. When I started turning blue in that video, I made the mistake of going to social media to try to figure it out. And of course people were like, you're lying, you're making this up. Whereas it turned into social media to then going to a geneticist saying, okay, how the heck did you do that? That's unbelievable. I know you didn't fake that, something's going on. So 
got to be real careful, right? And these days of social media, you can get great info, and then you could also think that you're nuts. Exactly. I mean, yeah, exactly. I think you got to take it all with a grain of salt, you know. So I read Absolutely. that uh, I read that you're working on a book and a doc and a documentary, and that you have actual footage of these light beings that these like beings of light that you've seen. Is this all going to be part of the documentary? Yep. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm writing a book right now. It'll be called Angels in the Firehouse. Uh, I had a life saving experience one night, basically at a fire. I was getting off the truck, and my grandmother appeared in spirit form, like a you know her soul. She was deceased already and said to me, don't go in that building. And I was with five guys and said, hold on, wait, you know? And they're like, what? Oh, we gotta go in there. I go, no, no, wait, wait a second. And literally 30, 40 seconds later, boom, fire oh, blew out of every God. window. Yeah, wow. so I was with guys that saw it. They were after, they were like, bro, how the hell did you know that? And I just said, well, my soul spoke to me. I didn't tell them everything at the time, but then over time, I explained. So, yeah, I'm going to write a book about all that and everything else. God, if I was one of your firemen coworkers, I'd have been like, you got to check out this building first. What are you feeling before I go in there? <laughs> Thank God that only happened once, man. Yeah, that only happened once in my career. And, uh, yeah, wow, what an so, experience. Real quick, as an embalmer, yep. do you ever, like, yep. speak to the recently deceased? Like, when you're working on somebody, do they ever be like, ow, that hurts or something? Like, you know? I've, I've... I, I can't say anything to them like, hey, tell me who killed you. Like I said, it's more of um, we get a death certificate, so they write out how they die. It's medically from the coroner. And I've had souls, right, show me, right? Like they'll circle. I'll see like a red circle around. Just While around you're working on the body. I'm working on them, and they'll show me. Literally, I'll see a red circle on the knee. Now, if I'm embalming them, you have to cut them open and prepare them anyway. Yeah. So I'm not just cutting them open for fun. This is part of the job. So I said, well, the death cert says this, but they're telling me it was something else. While I'm preparing them, let's look at the organ or the body because we could see what's going on. And I started to see that what they were communicating to me, sometimes the death certificate and the way they really died was different. And we validated it by looking, you know, like actually seeing, going in and looking at the physical body. So, yeah, they've communicated a lot of things to me. They're all throughout the, the funeral home. They're in every funeral home. I've talked to people all over about this. Oh, the stories are unbelievable. So, wow. Coffin scratching on coffin scratching on their own. Literally people seeing coffins getting scratched, doors opening and closing that are electronic that can't open and close. I mean, unbelievable noises doors everything man yeah it's all real wow fascinating <laughs> fascinating yeah well uh, andrew it. raz thanks for being on the show i'm definitely looking forward yeah, yeah. to uh checking out your book and your documentary um do you have a, a website or anything i can plug um people just any social media and, and, you know just find me on social media i don't have a website but anyone wants to dm me or talk or whatever no problem man cool i'll link to your facebook page all right yeah, yeah, and, and I'm, I'm gonna have to hit you up one of these days for uh, for an actual reading I think that'd be cool. Oh, yeah, of course. All right. 100%. All right. Thanks a you lot, man. You Thanks, take man. Care. Take care. Told you he is a strange one. Bless him. But I'm serious that we should definitely have him back on the show. To do a like a Father's Day episode where he communicates with our dead dads. I think um, Father's Day is different in America and the uh, UK. Yeah, we'll celebrate so. the real one, which is in June. 
Is it? I have no idea. My dad, actually, one good point about uh, my drunk dad is that he did not believe in Father's Day for it was all a sham and um, we never had to buy him anything. We never had to celebrate it. It used to actually be the day that he would get very angry if he were like, happy Father's Day. He would, he would get on his high horse about it. And that's why daddy drinks. His family <laughs> just didn't care about him. Um, but what I'm saying is we should do this is like a, a, a bit. All right. Um, go with me here. I think we should have this guy on to communicate with our dead dads. Invite Jojo Kelly. Oh, the on Dead the Dads show. Club. Dead Dad Clubs. Dead Dead Dads Club. I can't even say that. Dead Dads Club will be officially launched. We'll have an event that day. We'll have I, an event. We'll make T-shirts. I think it'll be theme song. I think it'll be harder to get to my dead dad because he's probably on like the fourth or fifth level of hell. It's going to take a bit longer for him to reach my drunk dad. The rabbi's just going to have to stop reading Talmud for like 20 minutes. David, I will not stop reading the Talmud. How amazing would that be, though, yeah. if we if we get, get this guy, hire him to uh, contact my dead dad, and he's just like, hello, David, and he speaks in that voice. <laughs> like, I would shit myself. You'd be amazing. I'm reading the Talmud, David. Are you still doing your fun radio show? It's very cute. <laughs> very cute. Hi, Jojo. <laughs> Still getting hand jobs and hand job parlors. Very cute. <laughs> now, but if he started talking like that, I think I would shit myself. Um, anyway, we'll have to find out. I did like that guy, though. We're having Raz. him back. Yeah, very. I wouldn't but... mind him being a character on the show. Yeah. Let's see what we can do. Anyway, people, this is episode 816 here is Sick and Wrong. Got phone calls coming up next, 323-522-4032. But first, here's a word about our Patreon page. Hey, Sick and Wrong listeners, if you're not currently a Sick and Wrong patron, you might be missing out on special moments like this one. If you started dating a guy, and he was a good-looking guy like Army Hammer, who's a billionaire. He's not good-looking, but let's go on. <laughs> yeah, Yeah, but he's got a ton of money and makes him more attractive. If this guy's stop. like, mm -mm. I'm into cannibalism, like, I want to eat your menstrual eggs. He wants to eat my menstrual eggs, as in the eggs that are coming out with my period. Yes. Or does he want to go inside and, like, harvest my eggs? Both. He wants to do both. I would, if he wants to harvest my eggs, I'm not going to do that because he might use them to make golems. I'm not down for that. Uh, if he wants to eat my period, like, fucking sure, why not? What, what man hasn't licked a woman out on a period? So you're cool with the it. guy eating your tampons. You can't eat a tampon, can you? You can just suck it like a lollipop. Ask Marshall Island Tony. Yeah, I'm sure he's eating this at least three. This is a question for Marshall Island Tony. <laughs> for only $5 a month, you can enjoy these special moments. A bonus news story, extra phone calls, and an hour's worth of outtakes every week at patreon.com slash sickandwrong. Sign up today, support the show, and keep it sick and wrong. So you got a few phone calls to get to. 323-522-4032 is that number. You can also email the show at sickandwrongpodcast at gmail.com. So these are kind of like, I guess, uh, leftovers from Halloween. <laughs> spooky. Still spooky phone calls. Hey, it's forever Halloween over here. Halloween. Seriously, every day is Halloween for me. The same. You know? So anyway, I like this call. This is a spooky Halloween story from the Naughty Night Nurse. 
Nice. What's up, you fucking lovebirds? First of all, also tall. Lovebirds. Congratulations on marrying a hot shiksa goddess. All right, Ooh. I have two spooky stories for you. Try to make them quick. Might be a two-parter. A shiksa, a non-Jewish girl who stands out at a bar mitzvah. I did just totally slur her name as well. <laughs> I know what her name is. Wow, this is like what your third bottle of wine? Possibly. <laughs> I love her. Story, though, the sentiments. Uh, I was working at a very large hospital in California. We had peak COVID numbers, still do, but we saw probably some of the most COVID patients in the state of California. Right. So Whoa, I think she's in Southern Cal. So she Cal. might be. Yes, Let me so- say it like I live there. So, oh, so you're from SoCal. So, well, Southern California had a, like high numbers of the COVID. So is there, is there a middle Cal? Is it just SoCal and Central no Cal? Cal? No, Central. Yeah, so Central is like what, Fresno. Sacramento? No, Fresno is Central California. Sacramento, San Francisco, Northern California. Right. Uh, LA, San Diego, Southern California. Thank you. This is for everyone else in Britain who doesn't get There you know. go. <laughs> <laughs> Learn your California cities, all right? <laughs> Part of it, the only way you could get an ICU bed is for someone to die. So that would Fuck. mean you'd be, like, basically rotting in the ER. Someone would die, and then you would get their bed. So, And that's why you get vaccinated. Well, I mean... Jesus fucking Christ. You can still catch COVID, even the vaccine. I know, but mm-hmm. I mean, it's like you're not going to have to be in the ER waiting for someone to die to get their bed. It was just rife, wasn't it? So right. our morgue became overwhelmed and overfilled. Our regular morgue was fucking filled to the brim. And then they had to get two semi-trucks, refrigerated semi-trucks, they did to the put same the extra here. bodies in, and they would have to be stacked on top of each other. Wait, they stack bodies on top of each other up here in Northern England? Like, right, I'm not a, I'm not the biggest fan of, like, um, oh, what's she called? She's called, like, Caitlin Ask the Mortician on YouTube. I'm sure Naughty Night Nurse knows who I'm talking about. But she is also... Um, Caitlin Jenner. No, <laughs> no. She's, um, she's a funeral director, and she was one of the first people who brought green burials to um, America and especially um, California. But she made, during the height of the COVID, she made, like, um, a very good video about why you should, like, kind of get vaccinated, guys. Because the funeral industry, everyone was forgetting when the key workers and why you should get vaccinated. Everyone kind of did forget about the funeral industry. And I felt bad for them. Because you just didn't think, like, oh, yeah, when you die, what's going to happen? These guys are overwhelmed. And where are the dead bodies going to fucking go? And then they... It's kind of like plague times, isn't it? When the dead bodies are being left in freezers outside. You get a tent. Yeah, but that's still bad. You get a tent. You get a tent in the parking lot and just put them back there. Yeah, and that's still like plague times, isn't it, man? Sort of. Just zip up the tent. It's still plague times. It's not the same as what it is. Whatever. I mean, they got (laughs) like... What I want to know is how many bodies can the morgue hold? So if they went over their number of bodies... I'm, I'm thinking, okay, big hospital... 20 bodies, Tom. Oh, more than that. In a no big hospital. Way. In a big hospital. You think more that many that. people die at this hospital? I wouldn't be going to that hospital. The morgue at here, where I am now, can hold 100 bodies. That's a 100 big bodies? But is it a hospital On or ice. a morgue? That's like a, it's a, ro- what they call it is a rose cottage. So no one gets upset. A rose cottage. But is it part of the hospital? Yeah, it's in the basement. That's it. It's in the basement of every hospital ever. They just always have a nickname for it. It's a lot of bodies. 
on ice. So then, yeah. And then two semis full of bodies. Exactly. So that's like, wow. what, 300 bodies? It, do, it does sound like it's something out of like fucking 28 days later or something. Not only that, they would have to rotate bodies in and out. So you could get like a fresh body, take a frozen one out, put the fresh one in for a little bit. Ooh. And swap. It's like being a chef. How much did that guy get paid? <laughs> I, honestly, I'd be good at that job because when, when I was a chef, I was very good at doing the dates. That was like my main thing was like taking, doing the dates in the freezer. Like taking food out to the people who are on a date? No, it's like rotating the dates in the freezer. That I loved doing that when I was a chef. Do you know what a date is not? What? A cadaver. A date's completely <laughs> different than a cadaver. Well, no, it is. When you're when you're a morgue te- technician, it's just a fucking body in it with a date. It's a frozen piece of fruit. No, but you're gonna take that to a truck, and there's gonna be a date on it. And you're like, well, this date is fresher than that date. So hey, guess what? I'm gonna. How much does a them. date weigh? <laughs> Feel again. This is gonna be a joke. <laughs> on a side note, I really, really love dates and figs. Same with me. Thank you. <laughs> you know, there's not enough space in these semi trucks. So, this is kind of spooky, I guess. One of the morgue workers went inside the refrigerated semi-truck, body stacked, and then all the bodies fell on top of him. He survived. Jesus. He didn't quit, which I believe is fucking shocking. And more power to him. Were they fully frozen? Uh, But I can only imagine what it's like to have COVID bodies, frozen COVID bodies fall on top of you at work. That's a fucking shitty day, right? Could you imagine that? Like, you can go grab it and then, like, ten bodies fall on you? I'm actually surprised that they didn't hurt him if they were fully frozen. And, like, they're American bodies, too, so they're sodbusters. Yeah, no, they're probably, well, California. Yeah, they're, they're sodbusters. They're sodbusters. They're sodbusters. And they didn't And they're hurt all him. falling on top of you. And they're all naked and they're gray and they're slippery. Like, at that point, though, what? I would have stayed in the job. Because, like, what's the worst thing that can happen after that? Would Body you, explodes on yeah, you? Yeah, but would you, have t- would you have tried to take the day off? Oh, I would have milked it. I would have milked Wait, it. Wait, you would have milked the cadavers? Hey! <laughs> that's why I got kicked out of mortuary school. <laughs> and that's why you don't work in the funeral industry. <laughs> also, we ran out of body bags pretty frequently, which is also pretty fucking... That happened here, too. So what do you use instead? Like a garbage bag? They were using bin bags here. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Anyway, that is one of my spooky stories. I love you guys. Happy Halloween and congratulations. I look forward to more pictures. All right, I love you. <laughs> Bye. Oh, I love you. We've been po- you post a lot of pictures on your Instagram. Oh, did she say on the Instagram? No, she said I look forward to seeing more pictures. Oh, yeah. I post uh, pictures on my Instagram, but I post pictures on the Patreon too. I, mean, I, I have some means. funny pictures I want to post, too. Yeah, we just did some from our Manchester video. Oh, the, yeah, no. Yeah, I love how the picture you post from the Manchester video is of me so drunk, <laughs> I couldn't even stand up. It was like a David Hasselhoff moment. People, you remember that video of David Hasselhoff With eating the, burger. the cheeseburger? It was pretty much that. I'm like on all fours. I can't stand. <laughs> and Kate's just like taking videos and pictures of that. Good times. Yeah, good times. Uh, thank you there, Naughty Night Nurse. God, that's horrifying. That is horrifying. It's a very spooky Halloween tale, post-Halloween. Uh, I'd like to hear more. Mm-hmm. All right, this next person I'm sure also has some spooky uh, Halloween. T- you know what's spooky? This guy's name. 
Mazel tov, Kate and Dee. Wow, getting married. That's the ultimate sick and wrong thing for you two to do. Uh, this is Vibrato, the human vibrator in Vibrato, Vancouver, Canada. The human vibrator. And I was actually planning to come down to your neighborhood, Dee, and uh, spend uh, Halloween in uh, L.A. again. I used to live there. And one of my favorite things to do was to go to the West Hollywood Halloween Carnival on Santa Monica Boulevard. Oh, you were talking about canceled that. this year, so... Yeah, that's like right by my. That's right by where I live. We I kind of live this? in the in uh, West Hollywood Boys Town area. We talking about this on the second show, aren't we? Where, like when I move over, we're gonna do all. The no, you were shit. you were talking. I don't know if we were talking about the second. We're, yeah, we were talking about this. On yeah, the second it was show. on the second show. You want to do all the Halloween stuff on the Halloween time next year because I should be living there. We're gonna do fucking all of it. And you mentioned the West well, Hollywood. There's a lot. It's like with Halloween in Los Angeles and probably like New York and bigger cities. But definitely in Los Angeles, it's like a month-long thing. It's a month-long celebration. There's like uh, Universal Horror Nights, uh, Not Scary Farms. Um, the Haunted Hayride. Haunted Hayride. There's the, the Disney does a haunted thing. And then, and there's then all like, those haunted but, houses and shit. Yeah, and the, well, the extreme haunted houses, the indie haunted houses, haunted hayride. Oh, yeah, we talked about that. But then also uh, West Hollywood does this like big gay carnival, kind of like what San Francisco used to do, but it's fucking huge. They get DJs, and it's like the costumes are crazy. It's a big party. I actually haven't been to that in probably five years. Well, we're going to go to it. Well, I live, I mean, I live literally blocks away. The reason I never really went to it is because it's such a bitch to get to that area on Halloween because you can't like you can't come anywhere close can't take a train you got or I guess you could but you could walk like two miles to get there because there's no parking you know saying walking two miles to a British person a British person is like all right so you're talking about walking for 20 minutes right we'll walk possibly but I'm an American I don't walk okay that's how long it takes to walk two miles I guess I could scoot (laughs) <laughs> I was going to say it then. <laughs> I'm going to stay here and go to a synthetic fetish party uh, tomorrow night instead and hopefully not get COVID this time. Yeah, I was fully vaccinated back, oh, I don't know, um, I think April 9th. I went to a fetish party on the 21st of August and I got COVID. Oh, shit. Um, so this time I won't. I, I'm pretty sure I won't. I want to know about like um, uh, his COVID Everyone symptoms. who goes to this. Jesus, at a fetish party, too. You know what? Because everyone gets, like, everyone I've ever talked to, no one's ever been like, oh, yeah, my COVID's been like this, my COVID's been like that. Everyone has had, like, wildly different symptoms. Some people are like, I worked with um, a girl who got the COVID, and she was like, oh, I just had really bad headaches for five days. She was like, I could still do everything, but every so often I get a really bad headache, and I would go to bed for an hour, and then it would be gone. Some people are like... They, I mean, the fever's really bad, them. and they're fatigued, like they're tired. Yeah. Other people, I mean, fuck, you can't even breathe. Yeah, so I'd like to know, just out of curiosity, mate, just out of curiosity, bruv. I want to know what you're doing to catch COVID. Oh, at the That's what I want to know at the fetish party. He was doing something fetishy. <laughs> well, he calls himself the human vibrator. <laughs> this party has to show their vaccination passport. That's what we have up here to do things like go to restaurants and Canada. concerts and other stuff. Passport. Um, we have so I don't know how they would manage that. For You don't have to show a vaccination passport to get into a pub. Not at the minute, but the NHS is like if I want to travel to uh, America or abroad, I have to apply and show that I've had both vaccines. Well, you know, I was uh, I'm flying back actually this weekend and uh, 
I was you you have to get a COVID test. Like you you have to get a COVID test. And so I've taken it before, and now they're a little bit cheaper than they used to be. But oh, I'm, they were crazy expensive. Oh my god, it was like fucking two hundred pounds. Yeah, this one hundred eighty pounds this for time a fucking last year. PCR test. This time last year, you had to take two. No, you had to take like five this time last year. Uh, yeah, I think this time, or maybe it was in when I came in June. But yeah, when I went over there, I remember I had to take one to get to the to yeah. get to England, which I had to pay for. Your now, third day. Your five day, day two and day eight, day. day two and day eight. Was that it? Yeah. So there's three more, or two more. So that's three COVID tests. And the way back, I had to take another one. So that's four COVID tests. In total, it was like yeah, something like 400 pounds. And so I took this last COVID test, and they just emailed it to you. And I was actually reading online. Everyone's like, yeah, just change the name on it or change the dates. So I went in and Photoshop, and I went and changed the dates. And I'm like, oh, this will work. Why not? But then I read. That if you get caught with this, it's like a five-year possible jail sentence and like seven thousand pound fine. No man, the Brits don't fuck around either. We like to make examples of people. Yeah, no, totally. And so I was looking at it, I'm like, I guess I could do that, or I could pay forty-eight pounds and just go get a fucking COVID test. Exactly. So yeah, it's worth it to me. But still, it's fucking bullshit. It is fucking bullshit, especially when I can get them for free. But they, but yeah, I have like, you know, I'm fully vaccinated. I got my laminated vax card, which, you know, I carry around with me every day. An atheist preacher <laughs> put up a picture on Discord the other day. They're selling actual little laminated pouches in gas stations that you can put your vax card in. So you called it first, Dave. That's interesting. Actually, that's probably a better idea than what I did. What, getting it? <laughs> no, because I, I can't, I can't open mine like mine's sealed oh forever yeah whereas that's a pouch <laughs> that you can put it in and when you go get you know your your yeah but the pouches get dirty yours yours will never get dirty it's like it, in like a thousand years time archaeologists will dig it up and be like oh this is a remnant from the covid well also if i have to hide mine in certain unspeakable areas it's not going to get you know soiled <laughs> you think about <laughs> west hollywood party but um yeah there that's what they do here and uh, I wanted to tell you a story. Uh, I guess it's a ghost story. It Ooh. probably was in some way, but it is a true story. Spooky. When um, I was uh, working in as, I guess, a sort of a reporter. I don't know. I was just helping a friend who was a reporter anyway. I want to know more and about that. And we were doing a story. Weren't you a reporter for a little while? No, I was never a reporter. You were a reporter for like Penthouse Forum. I was no, or I was a copywriter, and for then Penthouse I, Forum. No, and then I was a staff writer. I've never been a reporter. Never, never, ever been. I've okay, never had you're a writer name. though. But I want to know about this guy who's like, oh, his friend was a he's reporter. He's on the beat, and he, oh, yeah, he's on the beat. On? Yeah, it's totally different to what I did. We uh, for some CBC show about um, the Orange Revolution in Ukraine. We went to uh, Kiev. Uh, they call it Kiev, but I, I don't speak Russian or Ukrainian. I, I call it Kiev. It's what I... We all do. It's the way I say things in English. Yeah, so me too. If you're offended, oh, well, fuck it. I don't care. Anyway, <laughs> we uh, were staying show. <laughs> in some apartment. It looked like what I would describe as a Ukrainian ghetto. It was just a just block housing with tons of people crammed into different small apartments and we were in one room of, of an apartment with a family, and, and in, in another room, 
there was uh, an elderly woman who I've never saw, but she was apparently dying in this room, and, and the door was always closed, and, and uh, she was behind there just waiting to die. So Creepy old Russian lady just waiting to die. Do not open door, because in there is my grandma, and she's very old, and she's just about to die. Don't worry about it, man. Just staring at you. <laughs> yeah, and she's there with, like, glassy eyes. <laughs> Really thin, like just gnarly hands, just these going frail fingers. And she's making a noise, and she's like translucent <sighs> skin. When you open the door, like don't worry Smells about it. Like this is ham. just my Gigi. You don't have to be scared of her. You're like I'm fucking. One night, am. my um, my friend who was a reporter got up, went to the bathroom, and uh, it's dark. He doesn't know the place, and he he opened the wrong door, and oh, he shit. went into her room. And uh, the next morning, we heard a bunch of commotion and. Our translator came back to let us know that uh, the old woman died. Yeah, she uh, she apparently thought she saw um, a white the, ghost. Uh, the Grim Reaper enter <laughs> her room to come take her. She she didn't realize this was. Uh, what did your friend look like, Stephen Merchant or something? <laughs> <laughs> reporter from Canada. Oh wait. There's a, there is a part two. Wait, he, imagine he me like, back. a Canadian came into my room and I just fucking died. <laughs> These fucking Canadians are just fucking everywhere, man. I you just scared the shit out of this old lady. <laughs> I, I Rather than speak to a fucking Canadian, I just fucking die. <laughs> it's vibrato once again. Yeah, I couldn't keep it under three minutes. I'll try to for this continuation. <laughs> so, yes, this um, woman was scared to death. Uh, by my friend who is uh, a tall Caucasian, um, thin Googly-eyed man from, uh, from Vancouver, Canadian, and, uh, speaking a strange foreign language to her, I guess English, and, and she was sure that was uh, Have you got the devil any or, poutine? or the Grim Reaper or whatever, and uh, scared her to death. So that's that's kind of a scary story, and I think it still haunts my friend. So there's something there. Anyway, I uh, just wanted to let you know that, and uh, wish you all happy Halloween and. Uh, Lick my balls. Yay. <laughs> wow. I would bring that up all the time. That is such a fun story. I'm sorry, but I would kind of take pride in that. It's like if I'd been to like such a random country like Kiev and then killed someone there accidentally and then come back. I would talk about that all the fucking time. I want to know what the other family members <laughs> said to you after that. Like, did they keep serving you borscht or were yeah. they just like staring at you, like wait, staring wait, daggers? No, no. Were they still serving you chicken Kievs? <laughs> it's Kiev. It? It's Kiev. Oh, sorry, it's Kiev now. I would love to go there. One of my favorite 90 day fiance couples, uh, she is from there. <laughs> one of Kate's favorite shows. It is. <laughs> you have to sign up to the second show to hear me talk about it. <laughs> but yeah, wow. That's great. I would bring that up all the time. Like, do you remember when you, like, scared <laughs> that, old that old lady to death? Like, you killed an old woman. And then if we were on dates, like a double date, I'd be like, <laughs> ask him about the time man. he killed an old woman in the Ukraine. You got to hear you this story. You know what story. I imagine, though, is that I imagine he went into this, like, old woman's bedroom. She's already teetering between life and death. And he was just there, stark, bollock, naked. And he's like, sorry, love. I, ju I just want you to commode. <laughs> and she's just there, like, looking at his white, long dick. Are you like, saying, Rrr. wait, he's got his dick out. You're taking this to a whole other level. That's what I think happened. I mean, he had his Canadian dick out, and she'd probably never seen a cut dick. And she saw a circumcised penis, and her mind just blew, and that's how she died. Are they circumcised in Canada? 
I guess I it's North so. America. But. Yeah, the, no one's circumcised in Europe. So I think she saw a, a cut dick and she was like, what is this fuckery? And then her head blew up and she died. Huh. That's how she died, man. Honestly. Maybe. Or maybe there's some fornication. <laughs> Spooky. <laughs> Spooky fornication. Anyway, um, people call Sicker on Hotline 323-522-4032. Um, I know we say this every week, but we mean it. Check out the Sick and Wrong second show on Patreon. Like, literally, we're doing a whole second show. It's against my will that we're doing this whole second show, what? but now I'm forced to. <laughs> a whole second show. It's um, spicier. It is spicier. This week, we actually, we chat about Kate's television show that she pitched back in the early aughts to Channel 4. Stop this. It was called Come Downs With Me. And it's about having a dinner party. Like, she'd host a dinner party for 12 people with Down syndrome, getting them completely shit-faced, and then nursing their hangovers the next day. It's a bizarre, bizarre premise. Yeah, it's a bizarre kind of lie. But I also talk about it. We talk about our school days, don't we? And I have a flapjack story. But mostly we talk about Kate's program that she pitched called Come Downs <laughs> With Me, about 12 okay, people yes, with do. Down syndrome. We spent about half... Half an hour talking about come really down with me. Drunk. <laughs> <laughs> and then we heard from Epic Farter about his fart origin story. That yes. was actually kind of fascinating. Yeah, thank you, Epic Farter. I, d- I never to know. knew. Like it, it was reminded me of Batman, the origin story. It kind of was like Batman. Yeah. I think that could have actually been a real I'm gonna go and pitch that to Channel 4 next. Maybe they'll listen to me this time. Like a Down Syndrome guy that has a farting problem? Well, I don't think Epic Farter has Down Syndrome, but that's how I'm going to pitch it. Sorry, Maybe. <laughs> Format of second show is a bit different. It's a little more personal. It's a little more zanier. Then we also do a news story. This Oh, God, news story this, this week. This is the best news story I've heard this year. It was gnarly. And then some phone calls. Uh, released every Sunday, just like the main show, only $5 a month. You'll buy that for a dollar. It is. Like, it's like a dollar a week. <laughs> yeah, no. So yeah, yeah. I'd buy that for a dollar. And for a few bucks more, you get our Sick and Wrong News segment. This week, we talk about the first intergender MMA fight in Poland, which turned out exactly how you'd expect it to turn out. Um, also, a knife man. <laughs> a knife man was dressed as a joker and just started stabbing fools on a Tokyo train. Uh, that's on the Sick and Wrong News. And for Overkill... Our second wrong mini-sode here. Um, Kate revealed conspiracy theories linking JFK to none other than Abraham Lincoln. Yeah, everyone knows that I love um, debunking all conspiracy theories. And this is this is just another one that I'm just going to add to the list of it's done, people. It's done. Patreon.com slash sick and wrong. Um, we also have a tea Public store where we're selling sick and wrong merch. Fine. Upstanding sick and wrong merch. <laughs> Be the coolest kid on your block wearing a sick and wrong shirt. And there's a sale going on right now. It's like a pre or post Halloween, pre Thanksgiving holiday sale. And it's nearly Christmas. So. Stocking stuffers. Sick yes. and wrong stocking stuffers. Get your whole family sick and wrong shit and see how much they love, love you. Sickandwrongpodcast.com slash shop. Click on the picture of the Pope. Finally, here's sick and wrong song of the week came in from Gino, courtesy of Gino. Gina writes, evening, morning, whatever the fuck it is. I'm sure you know this song, but it might fit in with your subject matter one day. It doesn't, 
but I like the song. <laughs> I like the song. I was reading your email. I'm like, I actually really like this song. I never heard it before. And I don't really know why anyone would have ever even recorded it. But I like the fact that it exists. Okay. The world's a better place. People, I think people say that about my music as well. Probably. <laughs> the world this? is a better place with songs like, <laughs> like this. So uh, thank you, Gino, for saying that. The song is called Make My Day. And it's by T.G. Shepard, a country artist, and Clint Eastwood. Oh, shit. Yeah, it came out in 1984. Um, yeah, it was released in February 1984 from the album Slow Burn. And it actually reached number 12 on the uh, country charts, which I'm not surprised about, actually. 1984, there wasn't much going on. Let's just put it like that. Yeah, country's always been the Special Olympics of music. Uh, take that back. I'm so, I'm talking 80s, 90s country, all right? No, there's still a lot. Up until 1994, that's when country died. So take that back. Well, this put song it in your mi- back pocket. This song might have proved me wrong. It's Make My Day, <laughs> T.G. Shepard, and Clint Eastwood. Thank you, Gina, for sending that in. People will be back Thank next you. week with episode 817. Till then, take a sleazy. right through the park she finds herself surrounded oh she'll never get away but then from behind a tree trunk a boy said punk go ahead make my day oh we love to hear him say go ahead and make my day smith wesson and him just surrounded them go ahead punk make my day By mistake, a couple walked into a bar where a motorcycle gang hangs out. They started coming on to his bride and slapping him all about. They were buying drinks for the house and using his money to pay. But it was last call for alcohol. Go ahead, make my day. Whoa, love to hear him say, go ahead and make my day. Just stood in the door to call the floor and said, Go ahead, punk. Make my day. So all you goons, you punks, you creeps who hide out in the night. Don't try to cop insanity. You better start doing things right. If you don't heed this warning, then you better start learning to pray. That you never have to hear him whisper. Go ahead, make my day. We love to hear him say, Go ahead and make my day. Whether Smith and West taught him a lesson. Go ahead, punk. Make my day. We love to hear him say, Go ahead and make my day. He just fired his gun and then there were none. Go ahead, punk. Make my day. No trial, no reports to file. 
feel lucky, punk. Man's got to know his limitations. <laughs> 